Welcome back to the University of Life. I'm your host, Sean Roundy of this podcast, and also welcome to winter. Technically, I guess it's the second day of winter. Yesterday was the solstice, and that means, of course, that every single day from now on until summer actually arrives, we're drawing one day nearer to it. The days are getting lighter and longer, and if you're a realist, if you want to call yourself a realist or a pessimist or whatever, you could also admit that this is just a really optimistic, euphemistic way to say that we are currently in the deepest, darkest, and more or less coldest part of the year. And unfortunately, that's not only a literal statement. I think metaphorically, too, the world has gone kind of crazy. And I don't care which side of the issue you, you stand on. I think we can all admit a little bit, and we're going to talk about that today, but also I'm going to share at least three stories which illustrate the lighter side of life and, you know, all the goodness out there in the world. You know, it seems like so many of us these days are activists because we care about what's going on out there and we want to make a difference. It is an innate part of human nature to want to make a contribution, to be able to say, my life mattered, my time here counts. You know, it, it made a difference. So that's understandable. And I think that's a good urge. But we will talk about, along with these stories, I'll point out a few things about where you can introspect, you can examine the way you're spending your activist energy and you can decide whether that's the best way to spend it or consider some other options. So let's go. Oh, before we do, will you do me a favor? I need you to draw two circles and you can just do this in your mind if you don't have a piece of paper handy and draw them large enough that you can write a sentence or two in each one. And then inside the first circle up near the top, please write everything that's wrong in the world. And then right in the middle of that circle, draw a little stick figure that represents you because we're part of this world, right? It affects us. That's why we, we care about these things often so deeply. And then draw a separate circle and inside that one write everything that is right in the world. And when I think of that, I remember times like when I was at this time of year, I was in Florida on a beach paddling 120 miles through the Everglades, camping on little islands or wooden platforms there in, in the park. And that seemed like that's where I like to be. That's where everything could be right in the world. But that's not the kind we're going to talk about today. Okay, back in the first circle, draw one more circle inside the big circle, which also includes you. And then inside that one, write my sphere of influence. You know what that means, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. But first, here's the first story for you, and it's called Drain the Swamp. Now, we're all familiar with this phrase, people referring it to the corruption in Washington, D.C. Let's get out the people who are just catering to special interests because money has such a huge influence in our election system and in greed and, and all those things. But that's not the story I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell a story about one summer when I agreed to go down to a girls camp up in the mountains here in Utah and just uh, stick around for a few days and help out. And so I was there and I was hanging out and it's a beautiful, peaceful place. And I knew some of the girls, some of the kids. So that was fun to hang out with them sometimes. And I looked around and there was this big wood pile which needed chopping so I found an axe and I chopped that up and there were a lot of mosquitoes around one of the downsides of the mountains sometimes and so I went down by the little, little lake 
and there was an area where the where a spring flowed into it, and it was a lot of mud and little pools kind of in that area. So I found a shovel, and I shoveled out a, a channel which allowed that water to drain out of that swamp because that kind of area is prime mosquito breeding ground. So hopefully there were fewer mosquitoes for the rest of the summer after we did that. So you can see the difference right here, right? Like I was right there and I saw something that would improve my local area. And so I did it and it made a difference and it was rewarding and it was fun. And I still remember that, I still value that. And that's really one of the biggest reasons why we are activists, because it's rewarding. We get rewards from it, but not all rewards are created equal. In this case, you know, I got satisfaction of working and improving things a little bit and doing some work so someone else wouldn't have to. You know, when someone needed that wood chopped up, it would be there, ready, etc. The rewards for, I'm going to separate now our discussion of activism between local and global issues. A lot of times when we get caught up in global issues, whether it's saving the planet, the oceans, whether it's political things and, and medical things like COVID and all these big, large issues, the main way that most of us can get involved there and have any influence is usually on social media, where we can spout our opinion, where we can share other posts that we agree with. And the final big way that a lot of people put a lot of energy into is we can feel outrage. We can be angry. We can be emotional, right? And my question for you is examine in each of these cases, is this really, I mean, how much is it inside your sphere of influence? I'm not saying it's entirely out because if people who respect you see your opinion, they may open their mind a little bit more to it. But sometimes we're actually counterproductive we hurt our cause in these efforts because if we get really emotional, then you know the assumption is that you're less logical. And so people who aren't already totally in your boat, on your side, agreeing with you, preaching to the choir, these people are going to see your opinion as a little bit less trustworthy. And you may actually increase this polarization that's happening, which I think is one of the worst things going on in our nation or world right now. And they can take your cause less seriously. So you might be actually damaging your cause. I had a, a Swiss girlfriend, great girl, and uh, she was an activist, a local activist with some of the local political causes and a bunch of her friends. And I was hanging out with all of them one night, way up in this awesome, awesome treehouse. It was like four story tall treehouse. We were hanging out there. And one girl had been down at a local meeting house that day where some people were having a meeting. And she went down there with probably picket signs and chanting and stuff. And she was really, really proud and excited that she had disrupted this meeting. And it, it was probably for like LGBT rights or something like that. I don't, I don't remember specifically. And she was really proud of that. And, and I pointed out to her, I said, you know, when you push them that hard, they human nature is they're going to push back a little bit. And you've actually driven them farther away from your cause. You've damaged your cause by, in my opinion, approaching it that way. Now, yeah, sometimes you need to really get people's attention. So I'm again, I'm not, I don't intend to make a blanket statement like that's always bad. But once people generally know the status, most people in many cases are more open to cooperation. When I was in graduate school, for example, 
I was the vice president of the Graduate Student Senate, and a lot of the people on the GSS wanted to go on strike, the, the research assistants and teaching assistants. They wanted health benefits, they wanted more pay and all this stuff, and they wanted to go on strike. And I had worked with the administration and faculty enough already that I, that I knew that they were very supportive of us. Like, our student government controlled hundreds of thousands of dollars for all these things going on. We had people on all these committees with votes to, and we, they really were cooperative. And I said, you know, let's not just go bite their ankles for starters. Let's work with them, get them on our side. We can make it work a lot better. And it took about a year to persuade like one of the main people about that to agree with me. I was glad he did that we could work with them better with them and get a lot more accomplished because really ask yourself this, what is your goal? Are you in it just for the reward of feeling self-righteous, of feeling indignant and angry and justified and said, well, I said something angry on social media, so I did my part. Is that your goal? Or do you actually care about the ocean, about political regulation and power and about all these things, gun control, abortion, you know, whatever it is, do you actually care about it? It reminds me of people who go to rallies, um, let's take abortion, for example, and and maybe they're like, right to life, we can't kill the unborn. And what do they do on their way home as they're driving their car down the freeway? They get a text, they pull open their phone, and they read it. Now that's a proven way to kill people. So if you really care about human life, would you do that? Anyway, examine your motives and ask if it's a really genuine thing. And if so, please walk the walk, you know, walk the talk. And then back to our main point, of course, is how much influence are you going to have and consider your methods. Are you just preaching to the choir and feeling justified with your little in-group, your echo chamber, or are you expressing things in a thoughtful enough way and considering the other side to where you can maybe draw people together? Because the people who don't agree with you, that's the only place you can make a difference. Everyone else is already on board. So consider all that. Hey, thank, if you've listened this far to my rant, by the way, I appreciate it. I've got a couple more stories. Let's uh, turn up some positivity here. I'm going to tell you a story about a couple who went camping. Uh, we've got two universities here in my valley, and I'm on the county search and rescue team. And one early winter, there was a couple from out of town, and they decided to go camping. We have this almost 12,000-foot mountain. It's so beautiful. It's so popular. And they went way up that. And they didn't have a backpack, and they didn't have sleeping bags. So they brought a bunch of blankets, and they brought a suitcase. <laughs> they carried this suitcase like all the way up that mountain. And they didn't really know you know, some of the outdoors tricks. So it snowed, it got cold and snowy and wet. And they were wearing jeans, which is cotton. And cotton is this long fiber. And when it gets wet, it holds on to the water and water sucks the heat off your body like 25 times faster. We call it killer cloth. It's dangerous to wear in conditions like that. And the man fell ill. He was feeling pretty weak and feverish and, and, and cold and all that. So anyway, search and rescue, we went out there, we found them. We went up these two drainages to see which one we'd find him first we got him and he was well enough that he could walk so we were like we're gonna make you walk down because that'll keep you warmer and that's better for you than if we put you in our litter and and wheel you down these miles and miles of trail and if he you know if he got worse we would have carried him of course because we often do so we walked him down and at one point he got so tired of carrying that suitcase that he just threw it over a cliff 
Now, yeah, this is littering. I don't recommend this. I don't advocate that. But um, it's just kind of a funny note. Now, the point I want to make is we as a team did not make fun of this couple who were unprepared and unknowledgeable about the outdoors. And why did we not? Because we have a purpose there. Our purpose is to help these people. And making fun of them would do nothing. It would serve no purpose. It would bring us down. Why would we want to be angry and bitter and cynical when we can just be glad that we got to help some people get off the mountain? And, and uh, I don't know if we saved their lives. Probably you know, not necessarily in this case because they could have gotten themselves down. But if they had tried to stay up there, yeah, then maybe they would have frozen to death. So we made a difference. We enjoyed it. Now, let me tell you some of the benefits of having that kind of an activist group to belong to. Our search and rescue team, there are 60 of us volunteers. We work in a couple of sheriff guys, and it's like family. I remember one Sunday night, we got called up the same mountain um, in the summer to help someone who broke an ankle. And we got back down, and uh, one of the deputies had brought pizza for us. And I posted on social media and said something about family dinner, because it really is. It's like a family. You know, there are people here who enjoy each other, and they care for each other, and it makes it really rewarding to work together. It's a really positive experience. So ask yourself, in your activism, does it leave you feeling with like a, having a positive experience with a good taste in your mouth? Or do you feel bitter and kind of sour and angry? And, and if you do, is that what you want? You know, you have choices. So, so make those choices. All right, let me tell you a story number three, which is another one about making a local difference. I was working in Topeka for a few months in the newspaper there, and I met some great people, had some awesome experiences. And among the very best is one night when I called the United Way and I said, I'm bored. What can I do? How can I help? And there, that night over at the library, there was a Big Brothers Big Sisters activity going on. So I went over and there were two kids, a boy and a girl, a little less than 10 years old, and they were just studying. So I don't know their family situation, like why they needed some help studying, but I was happy to have something to do. And I'll tell you, it was a great experience. The boy, he was studious and attentive and paying attention. And I complimented on him on that. And I know he wasn't trying to show it, but I could tell how much of that little bit of praise just soaked in, like that love just soaked in. It meant a lot to him. And those kind of things can have a lasting effect, so I value that. And the little girl was so adorable. <laughs> She'd walk right up, right up in front of me, like really close, and bend her head way back to look up at my face and say, and say, I'm going to stomp on your foot. You know, and she never did, but I don't think she did. And and she'd say, I know who you look like. And she wouldn't tell me until toward the end of the evening. And she gave me something that I value there, too, because who she says I look like is Nicolas Cage. And personally, I don't think Nicolas Cage seems like that good looking of a guy. So I've heard that several times since. I don't, you know, I'm not like super excited about it. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. But it does bring back that memory of that adorable little girl looking up and telling me that one. She was the first one to tell me that. And so so for that, I appreciate it when, when people tell me that. It's not so bad. So again, rewards. And the, and the reward I want to talk about here is connection. You know, when you tag yourself on to big global concerns, and when you don't have a real active part there where all you're doing is spouting your opinion somewhere and your emotions, a lot of people do this in order to feel connected. And this is especially true of people who feel disenfranchised, people who feel like 
they're not safe, they're, they're ignored, their needs are not taken care of, they don't trust their leaders and stuff. These are the people who tend to take the more fringe opinions. And as they do, they find a community there because they all believe the same thing and they're passionate about it and they share it and they feel this sense of belonging and connection that is also one of the most innate human needs that exists. It's so important. But connecting over things like that tends to be, in almost all cases, a much more surface kind of thing. It's like meeting someone when you're in high school and you're growing up and you're awkward and you're insecure and you find someone who likes your same band. Oh my gosh, you're friends. You have so much in common. Um, so over music or over, over a sports team, like you see somebody with your sports team sticker on the back window down the highway, maybe you wave to them. If it's game day, you certainly do. You smile, you know, it's good to see them. Uh, you go to a foreign country, you meet someone from your country, and suddenly it's like your next door neighbors. Where are you from? Hey, nice to meet you, right? Whereas if you passed them on the street back home, you wouldn't give them a second glance. So people are looking for that connection. But there's a difference between this shallow connection, which is nice, it's great, enjoy it all you can, that's my advice, but this deeper connection that's more personal, that's more local, is far more rewarding. You know, I've passed, okay, I'm not like a super sports fan or music band groupie or anything, but you know, I've met people with similar interests in the past, and most of them I'm sure I've forgotten about, but these little stories I've told you about where I made a more personal connection, it has been so many years, so many years, and I still remember them and I value them. They're much more real. So back to our circles, everything wrong in the world and my sphere of influence. The question to ask yourself is, how much time are you spending outside of your sphere of influence where you have very little influence and how much energy are you expending there and how is it affecting you? What rewards are you getting from it? Positive and, and negative. And then within your sphere of influence, this is the gold mine. This is the jackpot. This is where I think you want to spend your time because you're going to get the best rewards, the best bang for your buck, and you're going to make the best contribution to the world seriously. So how do you do that? I've mentioned one already, the United Way. And, you know, they're, they're an organization we've got in our country that um, groups together a lot of nonprofits and places. So, so give them a call, look them up online, and see what activities you can contribute to. And I, I like their name, the United Way. Notice how that contrasts to what I mentioned earlier, how divided we are, how polarized, very unhealthy, very unproductive, counterproductive. If you want to make the world a better place, learn to unite people and work together. We have to, because we're not going to all agree. And, you know, And people who disagree with you are not necessarily stupid. I mean, if that was true, then you're stupid because from their perspective, right? So that math does not work out. Okay, granted, some of them are stupid, and maybe you are too, but you can improve upon that. You can learn, and all it takes is a little bit of introspection and planning and choice rather than just being blown about by the winds of emotion and whatever people posted online. Like, it seems absurd to me that we've been got caught up so much in this fury, furor about all these big global things, and we're spending so much of our lives on things where we make very little difference. Uh, locally, you can make a much better difference. Another great resource, which is relatively new, maybe a year old, maybe two, is there's an app you can get on your phone called Just Serve. And this lists local opportunities. Like if you have some nonprofit or some good cause, you can go in there and list it, and then people can go there and find it and contact you or you know show up at the time that you designate or whatever and make a difference. And then there are so many other local causes you can find as well. There's Meals on Wheels, 
There's the food bank. Great causes for the needy and the underserved. There are people who are lonely. You can do um, adopt a highway, or maybe not highway because you well, you want to be safe, right? But you can do an adopt a park. If you notice some litter laying around in some park, get a few friends together and clean it up. That'll be fun. It'll be a bonding activity that you'll cherish. And every time you drive past that park, you'll remember, hey, I did that. I know in the county, everywhere I go in the backcountry, I'm like, oh, there's where that four-wheeler flipped off the road when the deer ran across it and we saved him. Oh, there's where somebody fell through the ice and we pulled him out. Okay, sometimes that's a little bit morbid, but still, it's rewarding. So go clean up that park. You don't have to go through the official adopt a highway, adopt a park thing. Maybe they have those going on. And if you want a little plaque with your name or your group on it, that's cool, right? Do it. But otherwise, just see a need and fill it and feel good about it. And the last one I want to mention, this is someone, something everyone can do. Please be kind. Please be kind to other people. People, whether you disagree with them or not, whether they seem sexy and attractive and cool to you, whether they're above your social station and you're trying to lift yourself up or below your social station and maybe if you're afraid if people saw you with them, it would bring you down or something like that. That is not true. If you have the courage to be kind, that is one of the best ways that you can gain social status. People admire that, at least the people you want to be um, admired by. The shallow people who will be fickle and not really trustworthy deep friends anyway, they may have other opinions, but who cares about them? So once again, thank you for tuning in to the University of Life at uoflife.com slash podcast. And just, you know, think about how you can make a local difference. Wait, I have one more point I want to make. Remember those circles we started with? Everything right, wrong in the world, and everything right in the world, and then the inner circle, my sphere of influence? I want to point out the overlap, because when you make a real contribution within your sphere of influence to improve the quality of life for people around you, that right there is one of the best things in the world. One of the things that is most right in the world is that people are good and they want to contribute and make the world a better place. So you don't need to go to a Florida beach, as nice as that sounds. Even in this cold world, you know, a little bit of warmth really goes a long way. It's like lighting a candle in the darkness. You can see that for miles if it's if the air is clear enough. You can make a big difference. And especially for your kids, if your kids see you being rude and dismissive of other people, guess what they're going to learn? They're going to mimic you, and that's going to be our world of tomorrow, and you will have contributed to that. You would have created that world. So instead, show some kindness, show some respect, allow some basic human dignity to everyone, even the jerks and fools, and uh, your kids will learn that as well. And that's the world you can create for tomorrow. Because if you think today's world is crazy, imagine what tomorrow's will be. If we don't straighten ourselves out a little bit, get our heads screwed on straight and wake up the humanity in us in effective ways rather than just emotional reactive ways. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing this. Thanks for commenting. I'd love to hear your stories about good ways that you made a difference locally and and, uh, connections that you've made, lifelong friends through joining in some kind of common cause in the comments section or whatever. In the meantime, happy winter. Make the most of it. Become your best self. Live your best life. See you next time.